What's up, everyone? We're back with episode 25 of the Dub Jelson podcast. And today I got a very special guest, UFC Bantamweight O'Day Osborne. Okay, how you doing, man? I'm good, man. How you doing? I'm hanging in there. How have you been handling this whole um, COVID pandemic in terms of um, your fight preparation and training and all that? Um, I have. I honestly, I haven't. Um, everything's been on hold until further notice. So you know, I haven't really been on that scale of things really uh, pretty much but you know uh i can't really say but there's an announcement i'm going to be making pretty soon hope i'm crossing my fingers for a a fight here pretty soon um crossing my fingers so something something's on the the stove cooking right now all right awesome can't wait for uh for you to put that out um but not only are you a ufc fighter but you're also a teacher a math teacher um, I thought that was like when you came on the contender series is how I was introduced to you. And I was like, how is he fi- like being a cage fighter and a math teacher? Just don't seem like they go together. So how did <laughs> like what? They, um, they 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 do actually for me because it's all about balance, man. That's life. You got to have the right amount of balance because um, for me, I'm very um, my like I have attention deficit right so i gotta do i I love doing all these different things at once that's how i balance my mind and and try to you know what i mean otherwise like i kind of get bored of certain things so um at first it's 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 tough at first when you first start doing two different things where you're waking up at seven going to work getting done at you know 4 35 leaving going to the gym training until 8 30 at first it's tough you know everything's gonna be tough at first but after a while man it's just it just becomes another another day in the office, and uh, it's actually not that bad. Um, it's 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 like I said, it's all about balance. So when I go to school, and I have a, a bad day at, at at school, then I go to the gym and I you know let my frustrations out there. And when I go to the, to training and I have a bad training session, you know the next morning I go to school and the kids greet me and then you know man, it's all the love is there at the school. So it, it, they feed off of each other. That's pretty cool. Um, so what made you want to become a teacher like in the first year going? Um, actually I'm an assistant teacher. So what, uh, what started the whole process was I was training at this gym called Rufus Fort and our training sessions were at about, uh, it was right smack dab in the middle of the day. Uh, one o'clock was our training session. So, um, you know, looking for jobs at the time was so difficult for me because it was so hard to find a job that was like start at eight and end at 12. Or just start at um, four o'clock and end at like I don't even know like six uh, thirty or eight o'clock or even nine, you know. So the, the closest thing I could find was this this after school uh, job. My wrestling coach actually was the dean at the school, and he tried getting me in um, as an assistant uh, teacher to only teach up until uh, one o'clock, and then I can go train. But, you know, they were like, they wanted a full-time uh, position. So, you know, I didn't get the job. But they, they told me that there was a position open after school for the after school program called Extension, which was started at 3 and then ended at 6. So that's what I started doing, man. I started going, leaving training. Every, so I trained from 1 to 3, and I'd left, I left training at 3 o'clock. I'd go right to school every single day from 3 to, uh, three to 6, 3 hours a day. And that's like, that was like my income at the time, just 3 hours a day 
worked in an after-school program. And um, for about a year, man, I just grew into it and I just fell in love with the kids. And like, they, you know, they, you know, we all worked so well together and I just worked super mm -hmm. hard on trying to um, put together the after-school program. And I, I, I think I put together a pretty good after-school program and it was, it was just me at the time. And uh, the principal kind of was like, yo, this dude's dope. He put together a whole after-school program, like a whole system. You know what I mean? Because when I was doing it, it was just like, I w it was pretty much like a, ba it was pretty much babysitting, right? And when I got there, I was like, nah, uh-uh, we ain't go baby, nah, we're not doing this. We're not gonna be playing board games for three hours. We're gonna do our homework. We're gonna, you know, we're gonna, we're gonna do some, some active functions, and then we could play. You know, so I turned it into a whole like routine and schedule for them. And um, as soon as I did that, everything just like just flowed, man. It was such an awesome after-school program. And then, uh, so what happened was there was a teacher that that uh an assistant teacher that quit and they needed a like a last minute fill-in for only about two months until they can find a replacement so they asked me and i told them well yeah but i can i, I gotta leave at one o'clock for training and they were totally cool mm -hmm. with it because you know there was nothing else there, there was nobody else at the time to fill in last minute they only needed somebody for about did i say two months i meant two weeks sorry they only needed somebody about two weeks so i did it for two weeks man and like parents straight up like they just didn't want me to like they didn't want me to leave their kid they're like you know they talked to the principal it's like yo like mr o is so dope with our kid and i'm looking my, my head's getting big right now but he's like you know they're the parents were like yo mr o, mr o is so dope with the kids man like we don't want him to leave and so they offered me throughout the year and mm -hmm. i just killed it like i, I killed it this, this this it was so awesome like me and the kids formed just you know um, I, I built a relationship with every single student, just like a, a, a grain of rice in, you know, a bowl. Every single grain of rice I had an individual relationship with. Um, so the next year, man, I, I ended up leaving that gym, went to a different gym. And um, when I went to a different gym, the, the practice times were much more manageable. It started at, at 4.30 or 5. So mm -hmm. the school, obviously the school offered me a full-time position right away. And um, that's how I, that's how I got my foot in the door, man. And I just been grinding ever since. That's got that's kind of crazy, honestly. <laughs> um, you, I'm assuming you hadn't even thought about teaching up until no, that point. No, not at all, man. Not at all. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I think it's interesting to see how many guys that are coming into the UFC have side jobs, like uh, the welterweight Jeff Neal. Up until his last fight, he was waiting tables still. Yeah, man. Sometimes, sometimes you need that balance, man. You, like, people don't understand. Uh, it's it's like a facade that you're in the gym every day and just whooping on people and just you have these great days every single day. That's not true. Not true at all. You got good days and you have bad days. And the bad you have, yeah, you know, for me, I have like, it's it's like ninety ten. I have ninety percent of my days are good, ten percent bad. But in bad days, the ten percent bad days will get to you sometimes. You know what I'm saying? But um, when, when, when it does, that's, that's the part about being a professional athlete. You got to like put them days behind you. And what really helps me a lot was, was the kids actually, they, they were so awesome and loving, man. It was so easy for me to, to just adapt to fighting, you know, through the, the school, which was crazy to say, but that's what really helped me. Yeah. I think, um, I think a lot of people have that one teacher that just kind of like, when you went into their class, you're automatically happy. It doesn't matter what you were doing. You could have a boring day, but um, that teacher just makes your day. 
And yeah, really- I have a yeah, I got a I got a um I have a lead teacher in my classroom too. So I would definitely mm-hmm. I'm bi- we're biased. I'm biased. So I'm gonna say that like all the kids look forward to coming to coming to our classroom. I'm I'm just gonna say that. I don't look. Like, I'm biased, of course, but I'm gonna say that they're, you know they're not griping like, oh, we gotta go to Mr. O and Miss Miss Bryant's class. I think they have a mutual uh, relationship with us. Like you know, it's it's a give and take, and I think they look forward to coming to our classroom. You can you can see mm-hmm. it on their faces. You know what I mean? Like because yeah. we, we look at them as as kids, as children, as and and not robots. You know what I mean? We expect yeah. certain things out of them, but at the same time, you know there there are situations where there are teachers that are just constantly on them all the time all the time for stupid stuff for for being simply just kids and i think we do yeah. a good job of just letting them be kids we let them grow as kids but we're not just making them um robots and and coming down on them for silly things mm-hmm. i think that's important um i had a teacher in seventh his name was Mr. Bain. He only he came out of college and was a teacher, and then he taught. He only taught one year, and then he became a uh, a minister or, some, or a preacher, some some of that uh, of that nature. And he was like, I've met up with him a couple times since then um, to go out to eat or whatever, catch up with him. And he's really like, cha- he's changed a lot of people's lives um, that were in my class. Like yeah. during lunch, during lunch, he wouldn't go sit with the teachers. He'd sit in his room. And then, like, 10 of us would go in there, and he had, like, a skills hoop. So we'd have a, <laughs> dunk, a dunk contest where we'd sit there and talk about sports or whatever. Yes. And it's like, I mean, he just connected with everyone so well. And I think it changed, um, I mean, it changed a lot of people's lives, and they looked forward to coming to school because they got to see him every day. Because the way our, our school was set up, you had, um, so people, there was, like, the grades were set up in the teams. So, like, my team was, I think it was Liberty, but you had the same five teachers every day, and he was a, he was a social science teacher, so you had him every single day, and, uh, yeah, I mean, it was, I mean, that's, it changed my life. Yeah, that's cool, Wait. man. I think that's what it's all about, is building relationships. I think it's so important to build relationships with the students, and um, I think I can relate to a lot of the students, man, because a lot of them, you know, come from uh you know rougher backgrounds so they don't they don't they need somebody that they need someone that could understand them you know because mm-hmm. a lot of them go through that stuff the same stuff that teachers yell at them for the same stuff their parents are, are you know either yelling at them or not doing you know what i'm saying so they need somebody that to, to simply just understand and talk to them you know so i try to i try to have a conversation with them instead of like yelling you know i try to, and they i think they re, and they really respect that you know and like i i'm a kid myself so i play you know i go outside we play football i you know i mean i'm always like i'm always messing mm-hmm. around playing with them like you know i'm a whole kid i'm a whole kid at heart like in high school i was voted kid at heart so <laughs> the kids really like they, they take to me they do mm-hmm. um so what have been some of your like favorite experiences um, during your time as an assistant teacher so far Oh my gosh! Every year we go camping. I would say camping is my favorite, my favorite experience. Every single year we go on a three-day camping trip, like way, you know, uh, not way up north, but a little bit, a little bit up north. And these are these are city kids. These are some city kids who never left the backyard of their house. <laughs> and you're taking them into the woods, and it's just mind blowing. Like watching these kids do simple stuff, like roll down a hill. 
You know what I mean? Like they roll down a hill and they're like, oh, this is so dope. I'm like, y'all never rolled down a hill before. So when you push the envelope now and you take them um, canoeing or horseback riding, oh my gosh, dude, watching their facial expressions, like seeing these kids do things for the first time and um, I'm able to walk the, and, and when it's, um, when they go horseback riding, I'm able to walk them through, you know, the, the emotion of it because a lot of them are afraid because they're, they're in the city, they don't, know, they don't know nothing about horses or any of that stuff. So, I, you know, I'm able to like, uh, like see that and walk them through. And me and my other teacher were able to walk them through and kind of, you know, build that, that, that kind of, um, that fear out of them a little bit. And then when, when they get on the horse for the first time and ride that horse, it's such an awesome man. They're like, whoa, like, this is so much cool. This is so much fun. Like, you know what I'm saying? So definitely uh, my favorite experience with them is, is camping every year. We go to Camp Timberley uh, every year in around September. And we do a whole bunch of like, it reminds me of when I was a kid, I used to watch this Disney show called Bug Juice. <laughs> and it was just like these kids camping. Oh, I've never, I've never heard of that one, but you're, you're a lot older than me. Not a lot older than me, but, um, yeah, I mean, I was going to say that, uh, I was, I was really afraid of horses when I was little and we went to, uh, I forget the name of the campground, but they had horseback riding and my mom still has a picture of me bawling my eyes out on top of this huge horse. Oh, man. And it was, it was, it's terrifying. They're huge. They're when huge. You're, when you're, what, 10? 10, 9, yeah. 10. I mean, you're, and you think you're going to fall off automatically, but um, do your students uh, watch your fights or do you talk about that at all during the school? Um, day? I try to like have a disconnect on both ways, but my students do. They, they talk about it every once in a while. And you know what I mean? They, they a lot of them, uh, I'll say um, only a handful of them like really, really talk about it. But most of them, like they, they really don't even care. Like they treat me. <laughs> Just the same as anybody else. Um, usually, you'll have a new student, man. If you have, you got a, a new student that comes on board, and they'll be like, "Oh my God, Mister! Oh, you in the UFC? Like, ah!" Oh. And they're going just nuts, nuts. And at the beginning of the year, same thing. In the beginning of the year, you got a, a group of new students that come, mm -hmm. and they're going nuts. And then after a week, they're just like, "All right, okay." And then they start, you know, they start giving me a hard time after a week. They don't even care anymore. <laughs> but I try to I try to disconnect from fighting when I'm in the school. Uh, I have I have a completely different like channel of mindset uh, compartmentalization going on when I go to when I go to school versus when I go to the gym. You know, mm -hmm. even when I'm at the gym, as soon as I leave the gym, I don't talk about fighting. I don't really watch fighting. I kind of do my own thing. When I'm in school, I don't really talk about uh, same concept, man. It's, it works both ways. So I would say uh, we don't we don't really talk about fighting that much at school. But I I will sh show them my fight videos. They they'll pull it up on themselves. They'll go home and watch it. They've gone home and watched me fighting. They all watch my videos when I they I would say every time I fight live they watch it. That's pretty dope. Yeah. I I don't know what I'd do if I had a teacher that was a a, a cage fighter or whatever. Yeah, man, but uh, it would be, be pretty nuts. Right. It would be so cool. Like in the future, like my one of my um, my long term goals is being able to be at a position where I could just fly all my students out to Vegas or something like that to watch me fight. That would be so dope, man. That's like that was that's like a dream of mine. It really is. Can they get into the UFCs? Is there an age restriction at all? No, I don't think so. I think there's like kids that go. Oh, because I've yeah. never 
I was supposed to go to the Columbus card um, in March, but everything went on. Yeah. I, like, let's, uh, okay, let me take that back. Let's not say Vegas, because I don't know if they can get in. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's, let's take that off the table. Let's say, uh, I don't know, UFC Wyoming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Something a little more like PG. So, uh, yeah, I would love to fly him out, man. I really would. Well, if they had one in uh, Milwaukee, would you? Oh, would you definitely. try? Yes. yes. That'd be sick. Yes, That'd be they super had one. Dope. They had one in Milwaukee last year. When you were signed? No, I wasn't signed at the time. Yeah, I wasn't signed. Was that the Nganu JDS fight? Or was that Minneapolis? No, I don't I do not remember. I, I just remember, I know I had I had uh one teammate, his name is Zach Otto. He fought uh Green. What's uh what's his name? Bobby Green. Yes, and then he fought Bobby Green on that card. And then, um, who was the main event on that? I don't even remember the main event for that card. But You know what? I can try to look it up. Yeah, I, I cannot remember the main event for my life. But I remembered um, I had a couple, of my, a couple of my old teammates from my other gym was fighting as well. Sergio Pettis was fighting on that card. Uh, let's see, who else? Jordan Griffin. Uh, who else was on there? Was uh, it uh, Kevin Lee and yes. Ally Quinta? That's, that's what it was. Yeah, Kevin Lee, Ally Quinta. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I wasn't a – I started watching the UFC. Um, actually, the first one – I'd seen, like – I think I saw UFC 200, 214, and a couple of, like, fight nights sprinkled in there because one, uh, one of my best friends, his dad likes the US – or MMA – and uh, I never really paid attention to it. Like, we'd go over there on Saturdays, and they'd be watching the fights. I'd be outside in their backyard playing basketball. Like, yeah, I didn't man. really care. I, that's how I am right now, man. I really don't watch fighting that much, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Because, like, man, the way my life is, I think during quarantine especially, I feel like I've accomplished so much. Just during this time frame, I've accomplished so much. And I feel like um, I've accomplished more now than I have <laughs> outside of quarantine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, because I have all this time to do things. I have so much time to, you know, for one thing, I build my credit score. Um, I started, I started, a gar- I built a garden, started gardening, um, <laughs> learned the Forex, mar- the, the foreign exchange market, the stock market, um, learned how to fish. So I've been going fishing. Um, man, I've, I've done so much. So I don't really have time, man. Like, I really don't like watching fighting because um, Jamaicans have a saying, right? There's a, there's a famous saying in Jamaica, in Jamaica, and the saying is, man, they eating already. That's the saying. They eating already, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, what does that mean? So that means um, all these fighters are making, you know, so much money right now fighting, right? So yeah. much money. I'm in the UFC. I'm not, I'm not even close yet to making what they're making because I just got signed. So... I really don't, I don't really, why would I watch, I, for me, it's like, I don't know, I got, I got so much time on my hands, I'd really rather do something more productive and build mm-hmm. myself towards branding myself or making money rather than watching, idolizing them and daydreaming about what it could be like to make yeah. that money, you know what I mean? I'm like, I'm, I'm going to go get her, I'm like, I don't want to watch you, I'm already, I'm about to be that. <laughs> yeah, I've, uh, personally, I've been doing a lot of podcasts. Like when I I first started it in August of 2019, 
and I kind of I was really inconsistent with it. Like I'd go like a month without doing one, and then I'd do three in a week, and then I'd go another month without doing them. And uh, I mean, this this quarantine has really allowed me to get get focused, and I've kind of created a plan for like the rest of 2020 going into next year how i want to build things what things i want to change and i've been doing like two or three a week now and i get a chance to talk to you You're that's not, cool man that's what's all about man. Getting... go ahead i was just gonna say i could i get the chance to talk to like guys like you uh brendan fitzgerald's coming on uh ufc commentator he's coming on next week and then i talked to um it's actually my favorite fighter he's a i'm a type one diabetic and so is he his name's jordan williams he was on the um, contender series a week before you i believe okay and he got screwed out of the decision and uh dana dana said that if the judges got the decision right that he would um he would have got a contract but uh he didn't get the contract um he's got a he's got another fight lined up that he he texted me i can't say it but um he he also trains with the diaz brothers so that's okay cool. that's cool man that is cool that's cool man it's uh it's a lot of opportunities out here to get into the UFC. You just gotta, you just gotta want it, man. You just gotta work for it. That's it. That's, and and especially in society today, there's so many uh, opportunities for everything, man. Like, and I didn't have, I didn't have all these opportunities when I was a kid, um, you know, because of certain situations that I was in. But now, as I'm older, I'm able to have these opportunities laid out for me, and I'm able to go get it. So, um, mm-hmm. that's that's the mindset, man. It's it's a it's a pawn takes king mentality that you have to have. You realize you're a pawn in a king's game. I'm not talking about just the UFC, just in in, in life in general. Mm-hmm. You're a pawn in the king's game, and I've been like really getting the forex, man. And it's and you know they talk a foreign exchange, the market, and it's it's definitely talking about you know a pawn versus king mentality, and that's what you got to have. Uh, pawn takes king. That's that's the that's the mentality you have to have in this world, man, to be. To be able to be the best, be the best. You understand where your position is, and what's the next step in order to get to that that next uh, higher up position to get mm-hmm. to that king. You know what I'm saying? You're trying to get to that king. So I think. Uh, so quarantine, how- I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. You're good. Keep no, going. I was just saying quarantine has helped me really sit down and and um intellectualize i don't even know what's a word i'd sit down and kind of just kind of like just just kind of uh what's what i'm looking for just think about yeah just think about what it is that i i want to do in the route that i how i want to get there and i've used this time really (laughs) wisely Uh, you know i'm not instead of instead of sitting at home and bitching about why i'm uh quarantine you know why the why why we're not outside or why why it's not opened up and stuff like that i just i really just i use the time and uh try to build myself and try to use the time to 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 focus in on the things that i want to accomplish Mm -hmm. i think a lot of people have been doing that like a lot of my friends have been picking up different different hobbies things they want to get better at um and i think that you i mean to keep yourself sane in this in this whole situation if you're just sitting there watching youtube all day you're not I mean, you're gonna get depressed and you're gonna get in that sad state <clears throat> yeah. if you have something to do something to work for i mean my school's done now so i have a lot more free time i'm gonna be a lot bored a lot more bored um but if you have something that you're kind of chasing that you want to get better at this mm-hmm. is the best opportunity you have 
So you have all the time in the world, especially um, in my situation, because I'm just a kid still. (laughs) Most definitely, man. Most definitely. Keep doing what you're doing, man. If you love, my thing is, uh, I told you before on on Instagram, man, if you, as mm-hmm. long as you love to do this, as long as you have a passion for it, man, do it as long as you want. Do it for the rest of your life. Um, if you're not waking up every day doing what you love or aspiring to, to do what you love, then why are you living? Why are you, why are you working a job that, that pays you $1,000 more, but you hate it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. Yeah. I'd way rather take $1,000 less and be happy. That's my, that's my mentality, sure. man. I'd way rather take that job and just being happy, you can't, there's no money, you can't put money on, on being happy, so from, uh, um, from me to you, man, if you love this, and you want to do it uh, for the rest of your life, just work towards it, man, and just aspire to be the best podcast commentator there is. Yeah, I mean, for sure, that's the goal, the end goal, I mean, I guess would be to work for myself, just have yeah. my own, like, YouTube channel or whatever, um, and make money off that. But um, going back to, like, kind of how I got started uh, watching the UFC, the first one I really remember sitting down and caring about was 232 with John Jones. Uh-huh. John Jones got uh-huh. two and Amanda Cyborg. And that just made me fall in love with it. <clears throat> so I was, like, re- I was looking online, and there's a big gap between that card and the uh, – it was Cejudo Dillashaw. It was the first card in – 2019 so i was just researching everything trying to look up old fights uh, got fight pass espn plus all that stuff and i started watching i forget which episode it was first but i saw joe rogan and i never i'd never really heard of him before i started watching his podcast man and i saw like that's so like that really i mean he if i ever meet him yeah if i ever meet him I mean, he's like my. I have a flag of him right here. I can't turn the camera around, but um, I mean, I've told people like if he ever came on my podcast, I'd just retire. That's <laughs> like he's the goat. He's the best. <clears throat> he is the goat, but, man. Yeah. He's like one of my. He's one of my favorite people. Um, one of my favorite people to listen to. Mhm. He's just so personable, and he he has such an open mind yeah. that like he can. Like recently, he's had on people that are far right or far left on the political scale, and right, like, right, he can do that because he's open-minded. And, and I think, I, think, that's how, I think I would say that's how I am as a person. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not far right nor far left. I really yeah. don't. I really I'm not about politics. I say that all the time. Like everybody, it's not. It's no secret. Everybody knows it. You yeah. know, because I'm I'm Jamaican man. Like I in my country. Like Bob Marley, like got shot for for what he for for, for preaching that stuff, preaching preaching peace, you know. And I, I just don't. For me, it's more of like I just can't I can't see any peace between two two sides that were created to hate each other. I can't see any any peace at all. There's no peace ever. It's never gonna happen. It's never gonna happen because that's what it's created for. It's two sides, and it created that they're created to hate each other. Um, as yeah. much as people want, want to say the opposite, but that's, that's me. And that's, you know, um, to each his own. I don't like, I got roommates who are super into politics and I'm, and I, and I love that for them because that's their thing. And mm-hmm. they're, you know what I mean? That's, that's their passion. So I always say, man, do your passion, do what you do. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't judge anybody for what they do. I just know what I do and what I like and what I believe in. Uh, and I, I believe in, I'm a huge believer in God and I'm a, you know, I, I talk about it all the time and, uh, that, that, once again, in the Jamaican culture, that's a huge thing, man. 
It really is. I came, you know, it's it's what's brought me from 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 through the through the mud. <laughs> I feel like God's walked me through the mud to to this to right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's real. I mean, I thought that this whole situation would kind of bring people together, maybe, and make people think about if shit hits the fan, we all gotta work together. Exactly. Whether you like your, it doesn't matter. You're going to have to exactly. work together to get through yep. all this. Yep. We need to go back kind to of that. Created yeah. more. We need to it's, go back to the preamble. Yeah. We the people. Yeah, for sure. It's kind of created more of a divide, in my opinion. Well, if you look on social media and stuff like that. It has. Um, definitely has. But the thing about it is, man, here's the, here's the thing. Uh, here's, here's the perspective of it. We all want the same thing. And as soon as both, like, both sides understand... I think one side, I, in my opinion, one side's a little, one side's a little more whack than the other side, but <laughs> we all want the same thing. <laughs> it's like <laughs> we all want the same thing, man, for real. Like, like two people fighting over how to cut this potato, and yeah, <laughs> at the end of the day, we all want the potato cut. That's it. We all want the potato yeah. cut at the end of the day. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I have, I have friends that are super far right and friends that are super far left and they try to get me in all this nonsense and i'm like dude i don't really care like it doesn't like it doesn't affect me yeah. <laughs> like, and, and it's and, um, and people will make you feel and people will make you think that it's your you know that that you there's something wrong with you for not yeah yeah for sure for sure for sure um, don't fall into I, that man don't fall into that yeah i've never i mean my parents really aren't into politics they don't like my dad watches the news, I guess, like the local news, yeah, um, just to see what's happening. But uh, he's not super engaged in politics, and yeah, I my think mom, that my mom's a Democrat. You know, I'll say my mom is like she she's for the Democrat. You know what I mean? So we we always we kind of like I think I think we 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 kind of have different different views on that sense because I'm like I I'm like I I don't even want to hear it. Like I'm just like uh, I'm my own I'm my own person. I don't know where I get my personality. I think I get that from my dad. Maybe I don't even know, <laughs> but. Yeah, I think I got, um, I talked about this on the last podcast. I, f- I feel like I got lucky in the fact that uh, my parents really aren't super, super into something that's controversial. Um, it's made me just like uh, more open-minded than, yes. than a lot of people in my, uh, in my, in my community. It's more of like, I mean, we're not rich, but like upper, upper middle class yeah. and a lot of people have the same views and if you don't have the same views person and people that live in in my uh, community you're kind of looked down upon in my opinion for real and I just though, think and no I, I agree 100 percent. it's hard for people to see another side another view for instance yesterday i talked about you know us black people we say black lives matter mm-hmm. we're not saying we're not saying black lives matter more than any other life that's not what we're yeah. saying all we're saying is that black lives matter just matter enough to not to not be taken from society that's it nobody's saying black Mm -hmm. lives matter more than anybody else's lives all we're saying that black lives just matters it just matters enough it just matters to to not be taken that's it but it's crazy if you explain that to somebody else they cannot understand that and they come and combat it with all lives matter you know they still Mm -hmm. come back with all lives matter they don't understand why that's offensive the reason why they don't understand is because of their political views. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people, um, 
they're just so stubborn and it's it's kind of the way they've grown up i think that we're going to get past that point for a lot of people um especially in this this whole um racial situation i guess you could call it um i think more and more people are going to as the older generation um as they pass away i think more people are going to understand like you know that everyone's equal it doesn't matter you know what i mean yeah give me one second let me plug my phone in real quick all right you keep talking i'm just plug my phone in real quick my laptop's about to die but yeah man i I agree i agree with you 100 percent on that man and I, i wish that more people would just try to take the time to understand people instead of trying to combat everything with something else you know and that's that's that yeah. stubbornness, man. I don't understand where that comes from. Why people are so stubborn trying to combat everything else? Like I don't, I don't get that. I don't really. It hurt. It breaks my heart. It really breaks my heart because, man, I've like I've lost friends that I was real good friends with, like really, really good friends with. Like and I was just like, you know what? Like I don't even care if we're friends anymore, man. Because you, you, it's it, the the political views have taken over a lot of you know a lot of my friends and. And stuff that they say, um, and their mind, you know, how they, the stuff they talk about, and it's, it's just super insensitive. It's, it's stuff that, it's stuff that affects me, and I, and mm-hmm. I just had to, you know, you know what, man, I can't, I can't do it. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I, like, and that's the thing. Bob Marley always talked about. And he preached. He was so adamant about that stuff, man. Bob Marley was so adamant about that stuff. How we, you know, we can't be one. We can't be united with the, all this stuff going on. We can't, yeah. we can't do it. Mm-hmm. I think it's also like getting back to how people are raised. Um, if you don't have, if you aren't around different people that have different views, if you're just around the same, same people that have the same exact views as you, you're not going to, you're going to be less open-minded than yep. others. Um, I agree. I mean, one of the, one of the great things about Purdue, uh, the school I go to is we're so diverse. We've, a, it's, it's everyone. Yeah. So you, I mean, I have really good friends that have come from, uh, South, I have a friend from South Korea, China. Um, there's a kid in our house from India. Um, I think it's Malaysia. That's where awesome, one of the, man. That's it, awesome, man. That's really, and it, like, it's, it's crazy because, um, you know, you, being, being a part of diversity is understanding another person's view or culture or if you go to a different country and we think we in america think that you know english is it like english is is the language and you know grammar is so hard to learn like you know it's one of the hardest languages to learn but i guarantee you if you go to england they're looking at you you show you write a paper and you turn it in to an english professor from england they're gonna be like what 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 the hell is this what the hell is this (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm supposed to have on, so recently I've been following a lot of people on my, on my podcast account to try to help grow that or whatever. And, uh, I followed this kid from Ireland and he followed me back and he DM me and he was like, what's up, mate? If you ever want to talk MMA or boxing, I'll come on. So <laughs> we're trying to get that. Cool. We're going to set cool. that up when, uh, when McGregor gets his fight lined up. That's cool. So man. hopefully. I love I'll go ahead. Yeah, I love people. I love Irish people. Uh, my my favorite. I, I would say my favorite people are like New Zealand, I, Irish, Australians, 
man, especially like the New Zealands and the Australians, man, they are the nicest group of people you'll ever meet. You ever met a New Zealand person, like a Swedish person or an Australian? Man, them mugs is so nice. They are so nice, man. They're, like, they're, they're so nice. Because they got like virtually no violence in their country. <laughs> yeah. They're just the chilling. Yeah. Nicest group of people, man. I love that. I do like some, like one of my favorite fills is, or one of my favorite fighters is Darren Till. And I love him when he's when he's talking trash. I think it's so funny. Him yeah, and Connor. It's hilarious. It's hilarious, it's, man. It, the way they say things. It's, it's so funny. It's so funny to me. <laughs> um. So how did I want to talk about kind of your path to the contender series and where you're at now? So like, how did you begin fighting, and how did that lead to getting the opportunity to go in the contender series? Oh man. Whew. I'm going to try to make this story as short as possible. Because if I get into the whole how I get how I get into fighting thing, it's just it's gonna, we're going gonna to be here for a while. Okay. So I'll just say I started wrestling in high school in Florida. And then I, I moved to Wisconsin to wrestle in college. And I um, got into MMA because my wrestling coach, which is also my high school wrestling coach, then moved to Wisconsin and became my college wrestling coach, then now moved... <laughs> into my fighting career and it's also now my fighting wrestling coach so i've been with him since i was 14 i'm blessed blessed he, you know what i mean we got a really good relationship um so got in got into fighting with with him and one thing led to the next man and uh been grinding ever since man it's been a it's been it's been a tough 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 road man it's been the road to fighting um honestly if when I'm able to, to retire, I don't. I really would not want my kids to get into fighting. If they want to do it, so be it. You know what I mean? That's what they want to do. But I wouldn't want them to get into it just because I know what it's like. You know what I mean? I, I want to do this so my kids don't have to. It's it's mm-hmm. it's not. It ain't easy, man. It ain't easy. Yeah. Yeah, I think it takes a. It take it definitely takes a physical toll on you. Not and even then, just that. I mean, the, but the mental like, toll might be worse. Yeah, the mental toll is, dude, it's horrible. If I didn't have my wrestling coach to, dude, I lived in my wrestling coach's basement for throughout my pretty much my fighting career, because I couldn't, I could, it was either you're either 100 in at training or or not. You can't, it's not 70 30 or anything like that, or you don't, mm-hmm. you won't be successful. So if you don't have, you know, parents to support you, um, it's 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 you're pretty much set up to fail as a fighter because. How is how are you gonna make a living? You know what I mean. Yeah. You, you can't make a living and train. It, one hundred percent. It's hard. It's hard. It's tough. It's tough. People do it though. You know, people work like at my gym, man. Dude, people work. Uh, Montel Jackson. He's in the UFC. Uh, he's my teammate. He dude. He works like third shift. Everyone. He still has like a third shift job, man. It's, it's is he really? It's, yeah, dude. Yeah, he still he still he still works. Still works. He wow. what? He won the last fight, right? Yeah, yep. He is. Uh, I want to say he's four and one in the UFC, or uh, four and three, or, or he's either four and one or three and one. I'm not. I'm not totally sure. I think he's four and one, but I'm not. I don't remember. Did he fight in 2020? Was that the Norfolk? Mm, I don't know. He last fight. I forget what car- was in North Carolina. UFC North Carolina. Oh, okay. That's that's what I was thinking. Yeah, I remember he had a good fight. Yeah, he did. He's a beast. 
He is, man. Um, we, we both, I think we both have the longest reach in the UFC in our, our weight classes. He's, I what's think your he's reach? A, my reach is a 70, what am I? I don't even know. I, dude, I, I, I really couldn't even tell you right now offhand. But I know I'm like number <laughs> third. I'm number three. He's number one in, in, in the reach. We, we, like, we have extremely long reach. I'm going to look, I'm going to Google it. <laughs> I'm like I, wanna, okay. I, I don't want to. I, I, I will say I, I I think I know, but I don't want to give you you know wrong information. I, you feel like I would know my own reach, you know what I mean? But I actually just discovered a year ago that I had super long reach. No joke. Like a year ago, they were like, "Yo, you got long ass arms." I was like, "Really?" <laughs> they were like, "Yeah." I was like, "Oh, word, bet. Okay, cool." <laughs> reach. Let's see. Mm-hmm. Let's see if it's on here on my reach advantages. On uh, 70, I think 74 inch reach. Damn. And you're 5'7. Yeah. This one says this one says 73 inch reach. Yeah, 5'7, yep. So that's like six six one, maybe? Yeah. And your reach, yeah, one my inch. reach is my reach is ridiculous, man. There's a there's a picture um <laughs> There's a picture of me weighing in on the scale, and um, my arms are out, and everybody's just like, dude, your arms are so long, it's ridiculous. Let me see if I can find it. I'll, I'll, I I'll think I... I'll flip my camera around. Two <laughs> uh, here it is. I'll flip my camera around so you can see it. <clears throat> I can figure out how to... Nope, that took a picture. Didn't do that. Hold on, let me see. Uh, there we go. Did my arms just come all? You <laughs> <laughs> look like a bird like that. Dude, so yeah, my, my arms are so long. I had, no, I had no idea that my arms were that long because I'm born with my arms, man. It's not something you analyze. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But yeah, man. <laughs> Let me see if I flip the camera back around. There we go. Um, oh. I showed my mom when uh when you uh when you responded to me, I sh- I showed my mom. I had, it was like that picture but a different angle, and she yeah. looked at the <laughs> she looked at the bulge in your pants, and she goes, "What the heck is he doing?" She she hates fighting. I don't know why. Just because she, I mean, when she watches it, she's like she's like, "Why do you watch this stupid stuff?" I love it. Okay. <laughs> so what what was it like fighting at uh at 246 on like such a big card and being in the uh, it was a little it was nerve-wracking a little bit but it was like I was meant to be there. I was when I say nerve-wracking I don't mean like it was like you know fighting it was the nerve it wasn't nerve-wracking to fight in the cage but it was the anticipation of everything because everything is so precise. Everything is like calculated. You have to um you know Everything was just like step. You have to do things. Um, things were laid out for you. Like when you got there, you had to check in here. Then you had to go there, do this. Then you had to do that done. You had to do there. They got you know every. So it was just like anticipating what's next. All right, what do I got to do next? They give you a whole like agenda of things you got to do and things to look for. And I, and that, that part was you know it's a little overwhelming. Getting yeah. you know what I mean like uh, anticipating what's to come. Oh, when you hop before you hop on the scale, you got to step on this red X here. Then you wait, and then after that, then you gotta do this, and then you, you know. So 
that was the most like nerve wracking part was just all the anticipation was giving me so much anxiety. Yeah, I was super excited when I saw that. Uh, I forget which fight it, it might have been Grasso and Dahlia that fell off the main card, and they bumped you and Kelleher up. And I yeah. was super pumped. I was me and my me and my buddy that uh, I mean, he knows MMA more than anyone I've ever talked to. That's not a fighter, coach, or yeah. anything. And we were super pumped. That's so excited. Um, so did you, uh, going back to Rogue, did you have a chance to meet Rogan when you were there? I did not have a chance to meet Rogan. I know he commentated for my fight, which was, which was yeah. awesome. He, you know, I went back and watched it, and all he, you know, he could, all he could talk about was how fast I was, and I thought that was like, yeah. awesome. like, you know, I was like, that's cool, man. <laughs> I was like, I really didn't get get a chance to really display my speed. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one of the things I, I I didn't get. I really wanted to. I wanted people to see actually how fast I really am. So I hope you know I'm I'm looking forward to this next this next coming fight to really get a chance to display my speed because I'm I'm fast, man. I'm I'm fast. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're like a it's kind of like a spider monkey. Dude, that's I'm what real, I, I, so I'm surprised myself that, when I watch when I watch my fight videos. I'm like I surprise myself at how fast I am. Like. Yeah, your reflexes are insane. Um, that it was an arm bar, right, on the contender series that you yeah. pulled off. That yeah. was nuts. <laughs> that was nuts. I fall. I I try to follow like or like. Yeah, I guess follow uh, one person on each week of the contender series that I like, and for that week I followed you, and I That's was like, cool. I was like, this dude's gonna be champ. I don't know. I just felt it in my dude. That's what's up, man. I feel the same thing, man. I feel the same thing, and I've been saying that. I've been saying that. And people think it's arrogant to say like, "Oh, you know, I'm gonna be the, like, I'm gonna be the the fight to you know to watch on the McGregor card. I'm gonna be this." And I'm, you know, people think it's arrogant, but it's not arrogance, man. When you come from where I come from, where you know, I, I came, I grew up in Jamaica since I was nine, and when you come from that, when you when you come from certain situations, you learn you you have to think of yourself as the best always, or you'll not you'll never make it. That's that mindset yeah. you have to have. I'm telling you that that pawn takes king mentality mindset. You have to have that in order to be the best. Otherwise, the world will swallow you whole. Yeah. You have to, I think you have to have a chip on your shoulder. I mean, it could be yeah, big or small. Exactly. Just being, it's, it's a balance. You can't have too much of a, you know, you can't be cocky. You, got, you can't yeah. be, it's a difference. I think there's a difference. Like whenever fight week comes up, I feel like I'm, that's where I'm like really like, that chip is just, it's there. You know, when I'm, when I'm, when I'm, when, sorry, fight, I'll say fight month. Whenever it's time to fight, that's when I, I'm like, I'm, I'm dialed in. And mm. usually I'm, typically I'm pretty humble. Um, I would say I'm not humble dude, when I, when I am fighting though. Not at all. Yeah. I mean, I don't think really anyone is. No, it's like a little it's a switch though. You guys, you hit that switch and you're, you're, you're in. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, one thing I wanted to talk about was how much, how much tape do you watch on your, opponents and then how do you implement what they do into your training camp zero zero none my coaches watch all the tape they they oh. watch all the tape and they implement it they write they take notes they all they do all that stuff and they do it for me you know i don't have time for that stuff but i yeah. i do have to, i can make time to watch tape mm-hmm. i don't because it's it's i have before don't get me wrong i've watched tape and was it beneficial? Not really. It just made me more cautious of 
that person. Like, oh, he's got a nice right hand. I got to watch out for that. And it makes me kind of hesitant on doing what I want to do. And you know anything about me. Um, I'm a, <clears throat> my last fight, I would say I wasn't very patient. And that's the one thing. Because I'm typically a patient, calm, zen mm-hmm. fighter where I'm just kind of, you know what I mean? My strikes are quick and I'm explosive. But yeah, I'm also like dialed in. Uh, I would, I would think, I, I think my last fight, I was a little overzealous. I wanted to get it, I wanted to finish it so fast that I, I kind of got away from that, that patience. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, man, I don't really watch any film going back to that, to be honest, because yeah. I think it gets me, it takes me out of my element. I like being in my element. Mm-hmm. I just kind of wanted to get a perspective because, like, other sports like football or whatever, you watch a ton of film. I didn't yeah. know what the. I think there's different perspectives. No, my coaches all do. They all, all yeah. do, and they all they all take notes, and they all which is you know we all I train for certain things. I train to do certain things. My coaches all have a we had a whole film room, and we they sit down and they take notes and say this is what you need to work on. This is what he's gonna do. This is what you need to do. You know stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that yeah, makes. We sense. got a whole system. It's cool, man. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Um, so the fights last night. Did you get a chance to see the? At least like, I did. I, I typically don't watch fighting that much, but um, whenever there's fights that I, I really want to see, like, you know, when 35 pound fights, because I am in the 35 pound division, sometimes I watch, you know, every once in a while I watch it. And I think uh, Dominic Cruz has the highest fight IQ in all of the UFC, I believe. Mm-hmm. You know, if his athleticism, like, if he had the athletic abilities of, he's super athletic, don't get me wrong. Sorry, let me, let me take that back. But if he was built more like, if he was built like Cejudo or, or Mighty Mouse, then ain't nobody, nobody can stop him. Because he, that, yeah. that dude is so gifted. My, like his mind is so sharp. It's ridiculous. So that, I, I called it, man. I, I called both those fights. I said that, I said that, I said that Dominic Cruz was going to lose mainly because Henry Cejudo is a gold medal Olympian and he's so compact. He's so compact and tight. And Cruz gets, you know, he's upright a lot of the times. Um, <clears throat> and I thought uh, Cejudo was going to kind of push him uh, into, into, into a, a situation where he's not going to want to be. But Dominic Cruz is, he's so intelligent, man. I, that, could, that fight could have gone either way. It really could have. It could have gone either way. Um, he, he, it's just so intelligent. Both those fighters, man. My hat's off to both those guys. They're both two really amazing fighters. Yeah. I was kind of, I kind of wanted Cruz to win. Uh, just because I thought it'd be a cool story. But yeah, uh, when you were talking on Instagram, you said that you picked Gaethje and, and Cejudo to yeah. win both the fights. Yeah, um, the same same mind that 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 uh, Dominic and um, what's his name? Dominic and um, Tony Ferguson. Tony Ferguson, both they're they're upright. You know what I mean? And when you have somebody that's a monster like Gaethje and and and, uh, and Henry Cejudo. That will come down the pipe right down the middle with that compact strike. It's you can't. There's if you if you're if you're facing off with somebody, and it's like rock versus versus paper, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously, rock rock is 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 gonna win because there's so much more force going coming from Gaethje and and uh and Henry Cejudo than Dominic uh and and um Dominic and Ferguson are more. You know they're they're upright. They stand anything. Anybody knows anything about posture? The more upright you are, the easier it is for you to get to get knocked backwards or drop backwards or push back. You know what I mean? Yeah. The easier it is for you to, to like if you play. I play football. 
and you got the aim of the game is standing somebody up when you're you know when you're tackling somebody you got stand you know you, you you like a shark you come from the bottom and you, you yeah. attack them stand them up but uh just like diaz versus masvidal i said the same thing was going to happen with that fight because diaz is an upright fighter and masvidal is just compact you know he's compact there's there's differences like you got somebody like anderson silva that's that's complete you know he's he an exception to the rule <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's a whole exception to the rule. Same with John Jones. Now you got those freak of natures that just is. Mm-hmm. But when it, you know Anderson Silva fought, I guess you know uh, Chris Weidman, you know compact fighter with with skills. Eventually, you got you know. I try yeah. to I try to do both. I try to do both. Um, <clears throat> I try to be elusive and I try to take your head off at the same time. Uh, uh, controlled mm-hmm. aggression is what I I call it. Um, who do you think should fight for the title now that Henry says he's retiring? I'm not sure if he actually is. Uh, I think Dominic Cruz should get it, man. I think Dominic Cruz and I don't even know, man. I really don't. There's so many people. If I'm biased, I'd be like, I would say like, I don't even know. I really don't. I really don't. I'll be like my teammate Montel Jackson in there. (laughs) Put me in there. (laughs) But no, I'm I'm too too new. I, I, I got ways to go. But um no I really don't know man I really don't know I I, I just I don't know. I'd like to see Aljermaine Sterling get a shot. Yeah yeah I would. Too. I think that's a cool one. My time my time yeah. is far off and I got I got ways I'm not I'm not nowhere near uh title shot yet. And I'm being I'm playing. I, don't know. I, I only had one fight so far man I got I got time man I'm trying to I, I got time I got time I got time I got I yeah. gotta get get my uh my first contract over with sign my first sign my second contract and then we can talk you know but right now i'm just focused on the task at hand remember it's a pawn yeah, yeah. king mentality you gotta go through the rook and the knight and everything else before you get to the king mm-hmm. for sure i mean but i mean you've seen people like sean o'malley they kind of put on a fast track you get oh, three yeah. or four wins oh, oh well, yeah that's what i'm saying i'm saying right now yeah. right uh, yeah yeah, most definitely. Yeah. I, I, I definitely see myself doing. I, I can see myself doing some. Uh, be on that fast track as well. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I would love to. You know what, man? I would love to fight him uh, later down the road. That would that, be somebody that I always wanted to fight because he's just so gifted. You know what I mean? He's so gifted. He really is. His IQ is awesome. He's gifted, and I would love to have an opportunity to fight him. Like that would be a true uh, blessing test for me. You know what I'm saying? Because I always want to. I always want to fight the best. I like. I want to fight Henry Cejudo. I want to fight the best people all, mm. all the time. But right now, I gotta get through. You know, get through the other pawns and and the game. Yeah, for sure. I think that fight would be insane. I think it'd be nuts. Yeah, man. So that's <laughs> come together. Um. So I've held you for an hour. Um. <laughs> I'm sure you're, you're a very busy, man. I'm not gonna hold you anymore. But uh, thank you so much for coming on. It was really fun. No worries, man. My um, I, I appreciate you having me on. My only my only request is that you 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 pass the, you pass on the goodness on onto somebody else. You know, someone asks for a favor, you pass on the goodness, and you tell them to pass on that same goodness too. Um, you know, we passing on we passing on gratitude. That's my that's my 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 drive is passing on gratitude. All right, for sure, man. You got it. All right, man. Thanks you have so- a good rest of your day.
You too. All right.